0: Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative, biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. I've written two recent articles on choosing humility or self-exaltation, but I'm not done. In fact, it seems that in some ways I'm just beginning because understanding the difference between choosing humility and choosing self-exaltation is tantamount to understanding what it actually means to be a Christian, especially in this day and age where the world seems to have moved to a post-Christian era. It is that important, and how I wish I would have not merely known this, but lived it for years rather than simply beginning to understand it after 53 years of being a Christian. Maybe that applies to you as well, I don't know. The truth of the matter, as far as the Bible is concerned, and specifically Jesus's own teachings on the subject of humility or self-exaltation, is more than simply profound. The concept is literally the foundation upon which Christianity rests. Without the proper attitude and understanding of just how diametrically opposed humility versus self are to one another, we cannot live a life of victory in Christ consistently. I said consistently, not perfectly. Jesus repeatedly taught that we are to lose our life and deny ourselves. We should take no thought about ourselves. In other words, don't feed self. Didn't Jesus also note that we need to lose our lives in order to find it in Matthew 16:25, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So this finding ultimately means salvation. We receive salvation by denying and ignoring the dictates in the pull of self because we see the truth of the matter that we need someone, capital S, outside of self to save us. Focusing on self all the time keeps us from seeing that truth. This is why God has to open a person's eyes from outside of us. And in the Matthew sixteen twenty-five verse that I just read, Jesus is speaking of the salvation that we find only in him. So, if we want eternal life, we must be willing to go against our natural proclivities and reach out to Jesus, denying self's demands that we appease it. Self wants our attention and obedience. Self is diametrically and continually opposed to God. Self is instead of God and is probably the biggest type of antichrist that exists aside from the coming antichrist who will be the epitome of self. Self will not go away quietly or easily. It must be put to death by constantly seeking the opposite humility. So we don't fight self. We turn our back on self. We ignore it. And we reach for something else. A longtime reader sent me a note about his father and a truth he learned years ago and from a Catholic priest, though the, the reader's dad was not even Catholic himself. The priest essentially told him, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. That's Matthew 23:12. It is when people see the truth that they need Jesus that they begin to consider denying the self within them. When they deny self to embrace Jesus, they become saved. What they are literally doing is saying that self is a liar and Jesus is the truth, so they turn their backs on self. They come to understand that what self has been telling them for years is all based on lies. Jesus has and is the truth. And he says that unless a person is born again, you know, which means from above spiritually, they cannot see or enter the kingdom of heaven, John three, three. And that was said to Nicodemus, a religious spiritual leader within the nation of Israel during Jesus's day. So once a person becomes a Christian, they may sense a real joy that they've never had before. It buoys them up and carries them along. However, this often fades and daily living remains. Because I was one who had that truly uplifting experience after receiving salvation that did carry me along, when it began to fade, I thought something was wrong. So I spent years chasing after that feeling, which is what led me into the charismatic movement. Those folks seemed happy and content and always had a smile and a cheerful word. Unfortunately, their theology, in my opinion, is seriously off because feelings tend to elevate self. Why? Well, because you're always looking inward to gain some sort of satisfaction about your Christian life and experience. Jesus's way of humility doesn't do that. So my first article on this subject, which is number link number one in the transcript, I talked about the fact that trying to lose weight by avoiding sugar was not working at all. The more I thought about not having sugary treats, the more I wanted them. There had to be a different method. Well, I eventually discovered it on the bathroom scale. Watching my weight reduce became the reward to avoiding sugary treats. It helped me avoid the things that pack the weight on. My focus went from sugary treats to the bathroom scale, and I noted in that previous article that both are rewards. They are. The sugar retreat is a reward because it tastes good and it satisfies. But that reward comes with nasty side effects like weight gain, increased blood sugar levels, fatigue, foggy mind, etc. The bathroom scale offers a reward as well, and that is watching my weight go down. Now, along with that, the other rewards include lower blood sugar levels, lower cholesterol, clear mind, overall better health, etc. In my most recent article on this subject, which is link number two in the transcript, I stated this. So how to avoid sin and increase humility? By focusing on the positive reward, increased humility, which then becomes the impetus to ignore temptation and do what is right. So we are not focusing on not sinning. We focus instead on gaining humility. Humility is not automatic or inherent within us. We are not born with humility, but must actively seek humility. Humility is outside of self. It is not part of self at all. It must be sought by us and in all situations. We must also understand that self is resident within and its job is to keep us from seeking and gaining more humility because the more humility we gain, the less attention we give self. It's one or the other. And it's really that simple. Now, unlike my involvement in the charismatic movement, where I thought I was seeking God in humility, but I was actually focused on self and my feelings, it was a deceptive way to make me think I was on the correct path. But when all is said and done, I was simply exalting self. Now, in truth, self does not like it when we ignore it and will retaliate by creating tension within us, doing what it can to refocus our minds on self. The enemy of self is, you guessed it, humility. And the enemy of humility is, you guessed it, self. Let's take a quick look at one incident in the life of a person who came in contact with God the Son and was forever changed because of it due to the fact that the person deliberately chose humility, refusing to make excuses for himself. The man's name was Zacchaeus, Luke 19, 1-10. Jesus had just come in uh, to Jericho and we immediately read about the chief tax collector named Zacchaeus. We know that tax collectors were despised by Jews and many were Jews themselves. Tax collectors were able to keep a percentage of what they took in legally above that for their services, giving everything owed to Rome, but keeping anything above what they collected that did not need to go to Rome. Obviously, some tax collectors took far more than they should have, so that doubled the hatred they received from average Jews. Now, Zacchaeus was rich, we're told, in verse 2. How did he become rich? Could he been, have been one of the, those individuals who took far more than he was supposed to take? We don't know. However, he obviously heard about Jesus through the grapevine and wanted to see him problem was that Zacchaeus was very short so he did what he could to get above the crowd and that involved climbing a sycamore tree. Now when Jesus passed underneath the sycamore where Zacchaeus was in that tree, Jesus stopped and called out to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. Verse five, Fascinating, isn't it? Jesus knew that Zacchaeus was the guy who he would spend with time with at his home that day. And it is interesting to me that tax collectors in general appreciated what Jesus offered, Matthew, etc., and responded positively to him, generally. Now, it's interesting also that people could have accused Jesus of wanting to go to Zacchaeus's house because he knew that his every need would be met, good food, servants to wash his feet, etc., but clearly this was not the reason at all. The reason had to do with Zacchaeus's salvation. So immediately, people began to complain. Oh, he is gone to be a guest with a man who was a sinner. Verse 7. Now, we don't know who these people were, but I have to wonder if Pharisees, scribes, or other religious leaders were in the crowd. They seemed to show up wherever Jesus was just to give him trouble. Apparently, they had nothing better to do. It didn't seem to bother Jesus, though, but before Jesus spoke, Zacchaeus responded to the grumblings of the people himself. He said, look, Lord... I give half my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Verse eight. So what Zacchaeus said here is remarkable and proof of his genuine repentance and seeking humility. He was actually promising to give half of his wealth to the poor. And if he turned out that he had taken anything from anyone through cheating them, he would restore it fourfold. These are not mere words, folks. I'm aware that translators and commentators disagree on what is actually meant here, but I take it to mean that he was far more willing to part with half of what he owned to be right, to be you know, seen as humble in the Lord's eyes, to do what was right. The Mosaic Law only required 20%, not 50%. So what prompted Zacchaeus to take this approach Only one thing, humility. He was desperately seeking it. He reached for it and he embraced it. He ignored self's desires to remain aloof, rich, and quote-unquote right about everything. He pushed self aside roughly and in fact did more than what was right. According to the Mosaic Law, as I've already pointed out, a person cannot do this unless gaining humility is the goal. We Christians need to adjust our thinking. We need to see humility as the overarching goal for victorious Christian living and the foundation upon which we sit because it's Christ. The most humble person in the entire world was Jesus. We need to understand it's not easy, but if we keep humility as the constant reward, we will find it becoming easier as time goes on. We need to end the debate with self push past it, turn our backs on it, ignore it, and reach for and embrace the humble way that Jesus tells us will end up in our actual exaltation. Isn't that strange? The way to be exalted in the end is to embrace humility constantly. In every situation we we face, we should seek humility. This is what the narrow, difficult path that Jesus speaks of that I mentioned before is all about. It's not about giving into self. It's not about gritting our teeth and doing things with self-effort. It's about denying self in order to reach for and gain more humility because this is the very essence of Christ's character. Embracing humility is the reward that leads us along the narrow difficult path isaiah 11 tells us something that is very important for us it tells us about the lord's inner character and strength there shall come forth a rod from the stem of jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots the spirit of the lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. How did our Lord gain those qualities outlined in the second part of that? The very last line tells us the spirit of the Lord and of the fear of the Lord. You cannot fear the Lord without being humble. In other words, humility teaches us to fear offending him. The two go hand in hand. Jesus's fear of offending the Father pushed him to always, without fail, reach for and embrace the humble way in every situation. He knew, he absolutely knew, that this delighted the Father. He knew this was the only path to choose. There were no other options. He denied self at every turn, turning his back on self, choosing instead to please the father and gain more humility. Jesus learned humility, Philippians 2, 5 to 11. And if we claim the title Christian, we must do the same. Thanks so much for joining me today. And I pray that until we meet again, God would open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him. Seek humility. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective.